ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى اتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجه البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها الا هالك فاللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الاولين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الاخرين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملا الاعلى الى يوم الدين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين وعلى اله الاطهار وعلى اصحابه الاخيار وعلى اتباعه الابرار الى يوم الدين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وان خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله وان شر الامور لمحدثاتها فكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار before we begin the khutbah i want to recognize all of our partners uh, from all of the churches and synagogues who have come to join us today thank you we appreciate uh, your solidarity and for those that are listening many many messages uh, starting from the early parts of this morning up until right before juma haven't been able to respond to all of them but we appreciate the outpour of support and we wouldn't expect anything less from our friends and faith so thank you for coming to those who were killed we say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un antum as-sabiqun wa nahnu bikum insha'allah lahiqun you have beat us to it and we will soon follow in those steps to our brothers and sisters in new zealand we say that we are with you in heart and in soul in body and in mind and we are here for you in whatever you may need There's a lot that has been said and that could be said but I want to focus on three points. The first point is that hatred exists and will continue to exist. And there are two ways from our perspective that we can look at hatred. The first is that when somebody has an invested interest in a certain status quo, they don't want that status quo to be changed. and when that is challenged when those underlying assumptions are challenged that's when tension 
happens. And that's when people start to hate and start to do acts of violence. And of course the problem is that the people who perpetuate that don't stop to ask themselves if their underlying assumptions are correct to begin with. And that's one of the problems. And the Arabs, they summarize this and they say, مَنْ جَهِلَ شَيْءٍ عَادَهُ Whoever is ignorant of something fights it. So you're ignorant, you don't know what the other person is, you fight that thing. So you don't know about the other, you don't even know about your own assumptions, you don't critique your own beliefs, you don't critique your own assumptions, you have no critical thinking about what you stand for. And therefore that leads you to misunderstand the situation. It leads you to live in a false reality. I looked at some of that manifesto this morning. And the, the person that wrote that and the people that think like that, they live in a false reality. They look at the world and they don't see what it is. And this is what the ulama call stupidity. Al-hamaqa. Al-hubq. To be ignorant, to be stupid, to be foolish. To not understand when you live and where you live. The Prophet ﷺ told us the wisdom from the wisdoms of David in the Psalms is that the believer knows when they live and where they live. You have to know what your context is. And in Mutanabbih, the famous poet, he said, Everything, every disease, every illness has a cure except stupidity. I have not been able to find that who can solve it and who can fix it. But of course, as people of faith, we know that there is an answer to that. And that comes from the guidance of religion. And this is the second understanding or the second way we can look at hatred. Is that the Qur'an informs us and teaches us that our self can be of many different kinds. And the lowest kinds of the self is al-nafsul ammaratu bisu, The nafs, the self that calls to bad actions. And the reason in the Arabic language the intellect is called al-aql because the aql is something that you put around something and you hold it back. If a Bedouin uh, held their camel, they would use that aql, they would use that shackle to hold the camel. When the Bedouins wear the, the taylasan, the ghutra on their head, they wear the aql around it to keep it so it doesn't fly away. And the reason that the intellect is called that in the Arabic language and in the literature of Islam is because if you have an intellect, the point is to hold you back from doing things that are stupid, from harming others, from harming yourself, etc., etc. But if you are left to your own device, then your nafs will, you know, make it. amra. The Quran says their nafs made it seem like it's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do this. So this man and people like him past, present, and future, this is their issue. Is that they have no tarbiyah, they have no guidance. And guidance, of course, is something that religion in general has come to give humanity. Not just Islam, but every religion has its own system of guidance, its own system of ethics, its own system of moral conduct. If you ask any of our friends of other faiths, you know, if somebody comes to you and they have bad character, would you consider them a good Jew or a good Christian or a good Hindu or a good Buddhist? Or etc. etc. They say no. And in our language, this is why we are reminded that the Prophet said, I was only sent to refine human character. And part of that refinement is not leaving yourself to your lower self. 
so that you're not a person of hatred. So you understand that you can coexist. The verses that we just heard before Jummah, that Allah has created us into nations and tribes. Differences on purpose. Allah calls this in the Quran from His signs. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ From Allah's signs is that we have different faiths, that we have different races, that we have different languages, that we have different skin tones, that we have different beliefs, that we have different ways. Allah has done this on purpose. And had Allah wanted, we would have all believed in the same thing, we would have all looked alike, we would have all had the same political system, the affiliations, we would have all been and done the same, dressed the same, ate the same, etc. But how boring would the world would it have been if we were all the same? So Allah reminds us that this is from His signs that He created this difference. That we are meant to be different and therefore we are meant to live together. Not only as a human right, but as a divine right as a sign of the Almighty Jalla wa'ala. So these are the two things that we need to remember about hatred. Don't allow yourself to fall into that way of thinking. Do not be scared of somebody else. Do not be frightened by other people's beliefs. But ra rather meet them on that which is uh, the mushtarak, that which is in common between us and other people, and then build a relationship. And by the way, as you I'm sure are sick of me saying, this is one of the reasons why we were, we were created, the Qur'an posits. Allah created us from the earth and has asked of us that we develop it. Can we develop the world by ourselves? Of course not. We have to develop the world in partnership. And the hadith of the safina, of the boat, when the Prophet said the example of the community is like the example of the people on the boat. There are people on the top of the boat, there are people on the lower compartment. The people on the lower compartment, they say, we're going to drill some, a little bit in the bottom to draw water so we don't bother the people on the top of the boat. So the Prophet said, if the people on the top of the boat don't stop the people on the bottom of the boat, all of them will sink. So if we do not learn to live together, we will all sink. Society in general will fail. The second point is that there is a lot of hatred against Islam and Muslims. <coughs> whatever the word we call it, whatever phobia we use, whatever ism that we use, there is hatred towards our faith. And even with this incident, the Australian senator who posted this you know, very uh, off-color comments about how Islam is the perpetrator of violence, how Islam calls to violence, and everyone is so upset. But I'm not upset at that person. You know whose fault this is? These ideas, these ideas come from our universities and come from our think tanks, come from people who are Muslim and people who are not Muslim, and they are the ones that perpetuate this lie. And these are the lies that are consumed by our media, these are the lies that are consumed by policymakers. These are the lies that are consumed by government. So when it reaches the public and everyone, you know, lambasts the person who says that, you have to stop and remind yourself that that person doesn't know any better. They just read some briefing paper, some notes, some memos, some comments. Somebody told them in a meeting this, so they perpetuate it. The real criminal are those people who perpetuate this lie. And I say this with first-hand experience coming from my academic background and to those who perpetuate those lies that are not Muslim, 
I say to you, for those listening, what the Prophet ﷺ said to the Quraysh on the day of Badr, سَيُهْزِمُ الْجَمْعُ وَيُوَلُّونَ الدُّبُرِ You will be defeated and we will see your bags, backs as you pack and run away. Because Allah Ta'ala said, جَاءَ الْحَقْ وَزَهَقَ الْبَاطِلَ إِنَّ الْبَاطِلَ كَانَ زَهُوقَ Truth comes and falsehood vanishes because the nature of falsehood that it vanishes. And for those that are Muslim in the academy, for those that are Muslim, that are activists, for those that are Muslims, that are in policy and government, that perpetuate this lie, I remind you that you will, be, you will answer for this Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّأُ مَقَادُهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Whoever lies about me on purpose, let them await their chair in the hellfire. You know that these are lies. The Prophet ﷺ did not tell us to hurt people. The Prophet ﷺ did not teach us to harm people. Rather, the Prophet ﷺ said to his wife, Sayyidah Aisha, Ya Aisha, arrifqu ma dakhala shay'in illa zana, wa ma nuzi'a min shay'in illa khana. That gentleness does not enter something except that it's beautified. It is not removed from something except that it is ruined. خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ The best of you are those that are good to their family, to their women, and I am the best of you to my family and to my women. The Prophet ﷺ, in his most difficult of times, his most challenging of times, he never ever cursed anybody. Even though he was cursed and he was humiliated, and he was spat on, and he was harmed, and he had trash thrown on him, and he many several assassination attempts against him. His own family were killed, his own companions were tortured. But yet he would ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide his people, for they do not know. Because he saw his role as a mercy to mankind. He said about himself, indeed I am a merciful gift, and the Qur'an says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةٍ لِلْعَالَمِينَ You have not been sent except as a mercy to mankind. For yes, maybe you see from me a little anger and aggression that you're not used to, but these people have lied about our faith. They have lied about our book. They have lied about our Prophet ﷺ. And they will be defeated. And this lie will not uh, sustain itself for the very fact of the matter that it is garbage. And garbage is that which you discard, which has no value, which has no nutritional value, which you have no use for. They take the garbage of history and they build their opinions on it. They take the garbage of intellectual uh, uh, process and workings and understandings and they offer this as policy, recommendations. And that will not stand because our entire edifice of our intellectual output from the time of the Sahaba until our time stands as a testament against that lie. That Islam perpetuates violence. That Islam is full of hate. That the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to be hateful of the other people. To smite them, to, to, to kill them. Wherever we find them. These are lies, flat out lies. There's no truth in Islam for this whatsoever. None of the ulama have perpetuated this. None of the books of Ijma' talk about this as a point of consensus. But rather, what they say is exactly what the people of ISIS say. What is exactly what the people of Al-Qaeda say. Just because they wear suits and meet in government buildings and meet in think tank offices and conferences and put out papers, do not be fooled that what they are saying about our faith is the exact same thing that ISIS is saying about our faith. If you met uh, this uh, phony al-Baghdadi and he started spewing this nonsense, would you believe what he said about Islam? 
Have any of you thought, oh, I need to go make hijrah to the Khilafah, all that nonsense that he says? Not one of you would even think for a moment that it is even worth considering. It is so comical. Yet the people that are in our government and other governments that make policy, that make laws, that affect people like us, are being fed that garbage in the name of our faith. They will be defeated, insha'Allah. And the third and the final point about the trauma itself. I mean, it's hard to, to fathom in a gathering just like this. Only so many hours ago that somebody would come into this mosque and kill women, children, older people for no other reason than we gather to worship our Creator in our way. The same right that, every, that we enjoy every Friday. The same right that our Christian brothers and sisters enjoy on Sunday. The same right that our Jewish brothers and sisters enjoy on the Sabbath. And all of the other great religious traditions of humanity. That somebody would come into a house of worship and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes all of these places, mosques, synagogues, temples, as houses where Allah's name is mentioned. The verse doesn't just say the mosque where Allah's name is mentioned, but mosques and synagogues and temple where God's name is mentioned. Often. These are holy places. It's hard to fathom that somebody would come into this gathering and kill innocent people. But when we see this event, as difficult as it is to comprehend and to fathom, we know that this is the same type of situation that happened to our Prophet and I remind us of the seerah before the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ to Medina. After the blockade with the Quraysh ended. And after the Prophet ﷺ lost his uncle and lost his wife, Amal al-Huzn. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, he decided, let me go to another city. And let me give them this message. So he went to Ataif, which is not too far away from Mecca. And he stayed there for several days. And he says about this episode himself, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There wasn't a corner that I went to, or a street that I went down, except the children of the city would throw stones at me. Until the blessed sandal of our beloved, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was full of his blood. That's how much, that's how injured he was physically. So he said, okay, you know, this is not going to work out. I, I, you know, this is, there's no use. So he left. And as he was leaving the city, Gabriel comes to the Prophet ﷺ and he tells him, Allah has given me permission that we will collapse the mountain against this. We will destroy these people for what they have done to you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, no, I hope that one day from their descendants will come people that worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said his famous dua, the dua of Ta'if, amongst which what he said, وَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْ بِكَ غَضَبٌ عَلَيَّ فَلَا أُبَالِيُ As long as you are not upset with me, Ya Allah, I'm not going to be concerned. Now we all memorize this part of the hadith, but I want you to think about what happened for the Prophet to say that dua. Imagine that type of uh, physical experience of hatred, of blood, of injury, of rejection. Just like the pictures that we saw from the, mosque in, the, the two mosques in, in New Zealand. Imagine being in that situation, how angry you would be. 
how vengeful you would be, how full of hate you would be. But this is what the Prophet ﷺ did not do. He, he taught us to forgive. He taught us to love. And he taught us to put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people that were killed, they have died the death of the shuhada. These are the true martyrs. We say to them, glad tidings, hani and lakum, for what you are about to receive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken them from the difficulty of this world into the ease of his mercy, into the companionship of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, for us it's difficult that we lose somebody. But think about what they are experiencing now. Again, it's an issue of perspective. So the perspective of the Prophet ﷺ is Allah, as long as this is not a sign that you're upset with me, I'm not going to worry about it. You got it covered. And likewise, we are not going to worry about it. Yes, we mourn and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on, on the, the, the deceased. We ask Allah ta'ala to make it easy for the families. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect not just those mosques, but all our mosques. And all places of worship, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to descend upon us and upon them with His infinite love and mercy and protection. Amen. But we're not going to worry about it. We're not going to have despair. We're not going to have fear. But we're going to come to the mosque. And if the mosque has two Jummahs, we're going to stay for both Jummahs. And in the nights of Ramadan, we're going to fill the mosque with taraweeh. And we're, we are going to invite, invite our neighbors and invite our friends. We will have no fear. We will have no despair. We will have no concern. No concern. The way that the Prophet ﷺ had no concern. And remember always the verse, They will de be defeated and we will see their backs as they run away. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على قدوتنا وأسوتنا وقرة أعيننا سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. The same general announcements. The halakha tonight at seven o'clock. We're actually going to talk about the battle of Badr tonight, inshallah. Sunday with tarif is at six thirty, same time. Seniors club is having a meeting Saturday at ten a.m. here at the mosque. And a couple of dua, specific dua for those that are sick and in need. Uh, dua for Sister Nina Ahmed, who, is undergo, who will undergo a complicated surgery this week. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that smooth and easy. And we ask for the mercy uh, of our deceased uh, uh, Zebun Nisa Ahmed, who is the mother of Shamim Karim. Uh, she returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Dhaka uh, on March 1st. Uh, during the Jummah prayer, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on her soul and to make her passing easy for her family. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mend the wounds that we feel in our hearts. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on those who were killed. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help the community in New Zealand in their time of need. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to descend upon us with His infinite love and mercy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us from his wrath to his love. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help lift our, our spirits and to help lift our understanding of this faith. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our homes and to protect our mosques. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on those who have passed before us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our parents 
and to protect our children. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to strengthen us. And as we are in the blessed month of Rajab, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us in this month of Rajab, to bless us in the month of Sha'ban, and to help us arrive safely in Ramadan. Allahumma hadina fi man hadayt, wa'afina fi man afayt. Allahumma tawallana fi man tawallayt, wa barik lana fi ma a'atayt, wa qina wasrif anna sharra ma qadayt. فَإِنَّكَ سُبْحَانَكَ تَقْضِي وَلَا يُقْضَى عَلَيْكَ وَلَا يَذِلُّ مَنْ وَأَلَيْتَ وَلَا يَعِزُّ مَنْ عَادَيْتَ بَارَكْتَ رَبَّنَا وَتَعَالَيْتَ اللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع أيدي الأمم عنا وأقمنا بالحق وأقم الحق بنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين فرج عن المسلمين ويا غياث المستغثين أغثنا ويا دليل الحائرين أرشدنا إليك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم احشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة واسقنا من يده الشريفة شربة ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم أدخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم آمين آمين وآخر دعوان أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاة إن صلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا